to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, take your Bible this morning, go to Acts chapter 2. <laughs> We've been discovering more and more about the Spirit of God who came to live on the inside of you. How many know the Spirit of God is in you today? Amen. When you got born again, He came and took up residence on the inside of you. First of all, you need to be born again. If you're not, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in a personal way. Without that, basically, it's not going to be a good deal for you, praise God. He suffered and died for you so you could be born again. And when you receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost moves into me. Say, in me. In me. Say, the Holy Ghost. Holy Lives in, me. lives in me. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many know the Holy Ghost is a good thing to have in you if you're going to have something in you? People say, well, how do, how do you know he's in there? You've never seen him. I said, how do you know your heart's in there? You've never seen that. <laughs> Come on. How do you know you got kidneys? How do you know you got a liver? you never seen it. Praise God. But you believe it, don't you? Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. Acts chapter 2. Don't mess with me this morning. I've got something to get across. You guys are already messing with me. All right, Acts chapter 2, look at verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise, or the Holy Ghost is unto you, to your children, and to all that are afar off, including your grandchildren, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I just put that in there because I've got a grandkid, praise God. So. <laughs> Hallelujah. Notice, so this tells us that there's a reason why Jesus came, suffered, and died on the cross. There's a reason why he came, basically, to redeem mankind. And notice, when, when I was growing up in the church, and even before I got saved and after I got saved, basically the church told me the reason I should get born again was that so when I died, I went to heaven. And that was it. Are you saved? Yeah. Born again? Yeah. Don't worry about a thing. You're going to go to heaven. And it became, for a while, my destiny and my goal. But I found out as I read the Bible and read through the whole Bible that God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost never mention in there you getting saved and going to heaven. Do you know that? I mean, you go to heaven. How many know heaven's good? It's probably better than hell. I've never been to either one, but I'm guessing right now that it's better. But notice, it never talked about me dying and going to heaven. It talked about me dying and getting the Holy Ghost and being empowered here to do something on the earth. That means that just since you got born again, and the Holy Ghost came to live on the inside of me, you have a goal and you have a destiny. It's more than die and go in the streets of gold. It's more than die and get yourself a mansion. But here, right here, right now, I mean, it gets personal with God when you start studying the Word because He picked you out a long time ago to be alive in this time frame right here, right now because He had a problem that needed dealt with by someone and He picked you to take care of those problems now, born you into the earth realm, by your mother, and now you are here for a purpose. Say a purpose. purpose. Everybody thinks the greatest tragedy in life is to die, but it's not. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but living your life without a purpose. Because you were put here for a job. You're put here to do something. You're put here to affect someone's life. You're put here, and, and God knew that he needed somebody, so he picked you out of all them little spermies who were running towards the egg, praise God. He grabbed you and said, that one, praise God. And you got there first. Say, I'm a victor. I'm a victor. 
And what happened? You were born, praise God. And you were born to fulfill a destiny that God has given you in this earth realm. So it's more than just getting born again. Yeah, I'm just going to wait around. Someday I'm going to die and go to heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, for Jesus. But that's not in the Bible. It talks more about something else. Go to Galatians chapter 3. All right, Galatians chapter 3, look at verse 13. It says, Christ has paid Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? So this talk about Jesus coming, suffering, dying on the cross. First of all, he redeemed you from the curse. He redeemed you from all darkness. But why did he do that? It doesn't say he did that so you could go to heaven. It says that you might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So notice the Bible is pointing out to you the most important thing that happened to you when you got born again was the Spirit of God and the power of God came to live on the inside of you. Now if God gives you power, he must have gave you power because he wanted you to use that power. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gave you power just not to use the power. Are you listening? So praise God, what happens? You weren't born again to get anointed and full of power so you could go to heaven. You were anointed and born again so you could impact this earth realm right now. It basically, it says, uh, bring heaven into the earth realm. Remember the Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what you're here to do. You're here to spread the kingdom of God that you walked into at that time. You're here to impact your little earthly atmosphere. How many of you have a job? Your atmosphere. How many of you go to the store? Your atmosphere. How many of you have a family? The toughest atmosphere. We speak of truth this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a tough environment, isn't it? But, but you're put there. You've got to remember, you're put there for a destiny. You've been sent to do something. And when you forget that's when you get all down and out and bored and all that stuff. But when you're going someplace for a purpose other than just the natural purpose, it gets exciting to you. See, if you're going to the grocery store just to get milk and they're out of milk, you'd be depressed for three weeks. But if you go to change somebody's life and get milk, they don't have milk, you change somebody's life, you won't care if you got milk or not, praise God. Are you following me? So you've got a place, you've got something that needs to be done. So what's God doing? He gets you born again and puts on the inside of you the Holy Ghost, say the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. which is also the power of God. Go to Isaiah chapter 59. I'm going to show you something that sometimes is too simple to understand. You know what I mean by that? Sometimes we look at all these massive revelations out there and we miss the little teeny easy revelations by jumping over there and expecting more. But a lot of times God is just practical and sometimes we've been mistrained or mistreated to think in an opposite direction as Him. So if you get back to common sense, say common sense. How many know there's a great lack? Of any kind of sense, much less common. I'm not so sure it's common anymore, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Isaiah 59. Look at verse 20. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. How many know he did? And unto them to turn to transgressions. And Jacob saith me, the Lord, as for me, this is my covenant with them, says who? 
So this is the Lord covenant with mankind in this day and age. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed, saith the Lord God henceforth forever. So here he says, once you get born again, you come in the kingdom, the Redeemer comes, I got a covenant with you. Number one, keep your word in my mouth. So we want to keep the word of God in our mouth, but he also talks about he's going to put his spirit upon us and in us to go with that word of God so that we can fulfill the purpose and destiny that he put us here to do. Whatever you're called to do, you cannot do without his ability to do. Are you following me? That's why he gave you the Holy Ghost to enable you to do what God has called you to do. Am I supposed to get the Holy Ghost? Why am I supposed to keep the word in my mouth? So that I dry up? So I just go to church on Sunday, yell hallelujah for an hour and a half, and then go home and go back to my regular routine and maybe show up on a Wednesday every now and then, and that's what I'm called to do. Notice, look at verse chapter 60, which don't have to be there. It tells you to arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has come upon you. For behold, the gross darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen where? Upon you. So notice, it doesn't matter how dark it gets in the world today, there's a butt in there, and that butt takes you into the glory of God, into the power of God, into the anointing of God. I've decided to live on the second half of that butt. Hey, listen, you can live on the first half, you can live in darkness. Oh my God, look at the world, look what's going on. Oh, Jesus. Or you can get over in the butt side, praise God, which is the glory of the Lord that's on the inside of you. The nature of God and the power of God can start flowing out of the inside of you and not only changing you, but people around you, praise God. And that's what we're looking at right now. So he doesn't say, get born again and go to heaven. He says, get born again and allow the glory of God to start to rise on the inside of you. Now, how many of you know you can receive the Holy Ghost and live like you never received the Holy Ghost? What's the proof? Most of the church. See, most people don't even know the Holy Ghost is on the inside of them. The first time I stood up in front of a large audience of, of people who were in a denomination and got a chance to teach and preach, my first line was, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. And it was a major revelation to 90% of the people there. They didn't know they were a spirit, they thought they were a soul. They thought they were this white ball who has black marks on it but has a few stars on it, depending on what you did. And when you die, that soul starts floating in outer space. And it either grabs on with purgatory or it goes straight up to heaven. If you get in purgatory, you got time to erase those. Come on. Some of you believe the same thing. I didn't know I was a spirit being. I didn't know that I was an actual spirit. I didn't know that if I died today, my body would fall down, but I would still be here. I'd just get out of here, praise God, and go into the spirit realm. I didn't know those things. So the revelations that we get from the Word of God are things that are going to change the way that we look at things, praise God. And this is the way we look at things right now, basically, is we are a powerful people with an opportunity to do powerful things. And that's why recently here on Sunday mornings, you have started to experience the presence of God. Say the presence of God. There's nothing better in the world or anywhere else than for you to be in the presence of God. I've never seen anybody knocked on the floor up here by the power of God with a sad face. Most of the time it is a very happy, peaceful looking face. You know, they're at rest. They're at peace. They don't care if their house just burned down. They're just happy. What is that? You've pushed into the presence of God, praise God. You've been entered into the presence of God. And entering the presence of God is a lot like, I've got a swimming pool out back. It's a lot like getting into a pool. I've got people who will come, and the first thing they'll do is stick their toe in. Ooh, that's cold. And then maybe they'll come back, put their ankle in, and say, Ooh, that's too cold for me. And then they'll say, you get in first. And if you don't scream, holler, shout, turn blue, then I'll get in after you. And sometimes it's the same way in the Holy Ghost. There's people see the Holy Ghost moving full, and all at once they want to go, 
I don't know if I quite want to get into that or not. And they stick their ankle in. And we sing, you know, we just sang, I got a river and you can jump in the river. But sometimes if you don't jump, we push you. Sometimes we give you a little nudge, praise God, and you end up in the river because we know that's what's best for you. The river is best for you. The presence of God is good for you. It it helps you. It's restful. It's peaceful. It's all those things that you need, praise God. So we're going to talk a little bit about the presence of God. Hallelujah. Is that okay? All right. Go to Exodus chapter 25. I'll tell you what right now, the only one who wants you to concentrate on being born again and go to heaven is the devil. Because he's afraid you're going to find out the potential that's on the inside of you, the power that's on the inside of you, and you're going to be like a son of God who the Bible says goes around destroying the works of the devil. See, he'd rather have your mind off on that. Talk about heaven. Talk about streets of gold. Talk about, he don't want you to actually realize, praise God. And we found out you can only activate in the spirit realm what you believe you have. We've already talked about that. So if I don't believe I have any power, I'm never going to activate it. It doesn't make any difference. I'm going to heaven, and how many know that's good? But there's more to it than that. In order to fulfill your life, you have to be fulfilling your purpose at the same time in order to be truly happy. How many know you can have the peace that passes understanding? Yes. Can't understand that, can you? You can't understand why I have the peace that passes understanding. I don't understand why I have the peace when I shouldn't have the peace. Because it doesn't come from here and out here. It comes from your spirit man who's been built up, operating the purposes of God, in tune with God. And all at once it doesn't matter what's happening out here because you know you can change what's happening out here because of what you have in here, praise God. So I'm going to live my life not out here in, but inside out. Out of your belly shell, rivers of living water will come out of the inside of you. Work out your salvation. See, the Bible tells you to work out, not work everything in. It's when you look at things around you in this natural realm, that's what messes you up because it gets bigger than what you've got on the inside of you. But the Bible says, greater is he that is than he that is. See, so we want to live inside out, don't we? But in order to do that, how many know you've got to, you've got to stay in tune with the spirit? You've got to stay in tune with spiritual things in order to do that. All right, where were we going? Exodus? All right, Exodus 25, look at verse 8. God says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Now, who's speaking here? God, say God. And let them make me a house or sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Notice, how many of you have a desire to live in God's presence? How many have been touched recently and just love being in that place? Praise God. Well, I got good news for you. God wants to live in your presence. It's dual. It's not just me trying to get in the presence of God. It's God trying to, uh, for us to live in His presence also. It's His desire just as much as it is our desire. Praise God. It's not one-sided. He wants you to live in His presence. Glory to God. All right. Go up to Exodus 29. Look at verse 44. God says, and I, w- and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may, that I may dwell, that I may dwell, that I may dwell, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. 
Notice here he's talking about it again. He says, build me a tabernacle. What for? Because God does not want to be a faraway God to you. He wants to be a close and real God to you. And how do we do that? We do it by the Spirit of God on the inside of us, don't we? God don't want to be a faraway God. He doesn't want to be a distant God. How many have ever talked? They heard people talk about the big man upstairs. How many know the big man upstairs has come downstairs? Oh, the big man upstairs, he's watching me. No, he's already came downstairs, brother, and he's on the inside of you, praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says he's an ever-present help in the time of in trouble and need, praise God. So he sent Jesus to the cross, what for? Because God desires to live in your presence more than I even desire to live in his presence. He don't want to dwell among us. He wants to dwell in us, praise God. Look at verse 46. It says he brought you out of bondage. How many know he brought you out of bondage? Brought you out of sin, brought you out of sickness. Why? So he could bring you into his presence. And notice what else it says. The reason why he brings you into his presence, you may know the Lord. Say, know the Lord. Say it again, so I may know the Lord. Say it again, so I may know the Lord. Now, the problem is most Christians don't know the Lord. They know about the Lord. And how do you know about the Lord? Well, this is what Grandma said the Lord's like. This is what my denomination said the Lord's like. This is what Cousin Judy said the, the Lord's like. No, you have to find out what not, not about God. You have to know God. And there's a difference between one or the other, praise God. You're only going to know the, the God basically by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. And God is not a topic. God is not who you think He is. He's who He said He is. See? And as I go through the Bible, he's constantly changing my mind on who he is, what he wants to do, what his heart's like, what he desires, what he wants to do. And that's what the Bible's for. How many know that he wrote down his desires, he wrote down his will, he wrote down everything and put it in this book so you would know. You never know what God's going to do. He moves in mysterious ways. Well, just read the book. He'll tell you exactly what he wants to do and how he wants to do it and everything else, praise God. And people claim to know God, yet when they say God's speaking through them, they don't even line up with the word, which show they don't know God, they just know about God. So it's important that we know God. What for? Because we want to live in the presence of God at all times. For years after I got born again, I knew about God. Whatever anybody told me about God, I believed. And how many know some of the stuff that's told about God is not very good? You know? Well, I got struck by lightning five years ago. God hit me with a good one. He just let that bolt come down and nail me because I was going the wrong way. And he turned my life around. But well, why didn't you turn your life around before you got hit by a bolt of lightning? It would have been a lot easier. See? We don't have to learn the hard way. We can learn the easy way. Are you following me? So basically God doesn't do that. He doesn't put sickness on you so you start to believe in health. He doesn't kill your little child so somebody gets saved at the funeral home during the funeral. Well, that's a bunch of garbage. He's a God of love, praise God. He loves you morning, noon, and night. No matter how despicable you are, he still loves you, praise God. He don't care how many times you failed. He's looking at the success you're going to have, praise God. He don't look at your weaknesses. He looks at your strength, praise God. He don't look at a loser. He sees a winner, glory to God. He's already raised you up and seated you in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named in this earth realm, praise God. So how many know in order for you to operate with God, you're going to have to see yourself that way? You can't do anything for him as a loser. Well, I'm just a loser. Nothing ever works out for me. I can't do anything. I ain't got any power, but God loves me. Yeah, well, he loves you. You're right, but you need to do something and get in line with him, praise God. We covered, I think, on Wednesday night again. His thoughts are not your thoughts, and his ways are not your ways. And I'll tell you what, he's not going to change. Come on, God, don't change. I've tried, brother. 
I've corrected him with scripture. I've done everything I could, and I lost every battle. Every battle, praise God, I went after him with, I lost. So I'm telling you what, you're not going to win. He, he's the conqueror. He is your champion, whether you like it or not. And he don't lose any battles. So praise God, I figured I was going to have to line up with what he thought and the way he thought. And he, he saw me as an anointed pastor. He saw me as a powerful pastor. He saw me as somebody that the river of God would flow out and bring people into his presence and knock them down and put them into the joy and bring them rest and bring them peace and bring them all these things, praise God. So glory to God, I had to learn to know him. All right, go to Ephesians or Philippians chapter 3. How many of you want to live in the presence of God? I'm going to show you how this morning. All right, Philippians chapter 3, are you there? Yes. This is Paul. Look at verse 13. Now look at verse 10. Paul says that I may what? Know him. No, not know about him, that I may know. know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Notice, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now who is the power of his resurrection? The Holy Ghost, very good. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of who? So I've got resurrection power on the inside of me, and the more that I know Him, the more that resurrection power will flow out of the inside of me and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils and bring peace and joy and victory in every single area of my life. But you've got to know Him, not about Him. Now, here's, here's where my thinking was messed up. I was reading Genesis one time, and the Bible was talking about when Adam sinned. How many know Adam made a boo-boo and sinned? And when he did that, the Bible says that in the garden, Adam sinned, and then Adam hid from God. Say, Adam hid from God. Now, notice, even though Adam sinned, God never hid from Adam. Adam hid from God. didn't hide from Adam. He came along and said, where in the heck are you? Where are you? And he says, I'm in the bushes. I'm hiding over here in the bushes. So notice, even when he sinned, man's the one who left God's presence. God didn't leave man's presence. See, that, that was tough for me because I thought God left me, and I was going to find a way to get back to him. And then I found out he didn't, didn't left me. When I got born again, he came back in. I was, I was restored to the original man who was born in the presence of God, who lived in the presence of God. I'm just going to tighten this thing. Maybe that's it. Is that better? Good. We live in the presence of God. So we were restored back to our original position, which means he was created in the presence of God, and you were born again into the presence of God. So why don't I live there? Because you want to continually do your religious works to cover yourself with a fig leaf that don't work. Well, if I just jump during praise and worship, Dance during praise and worship. Shout during praise and worship. I'll get in the presence of God. Did you try that? Yes. Did it work? No. I mean, that's the way I was for years. People were getting touched all around me, and I don't know where the Holy Ghost was. He must have just had a diagram or skipped that seat because he kept going around. So I closed my eyes. How many know you can close them tighter? Lift your hand a little higher. All these things to get in the presence of God. And one day I said, I give up. And guess what happened? That's it, God, I give up. Power of God hit me. Why? Because it's not by your works. 
It's by his grace and mercy, just like salvation, that you were born into his presence and you're in his presence every day of the week if you want to be by faith, unless you step out because of some religious work you did and then you spend all your life finding a fig tree in order to get yourself back in the presence of God. Are you following me? It's not by your works to get in the presence of God. It was by his work to get you in the presence of God. You're in there because of what he did, not because of what you do. Now, if you get in the presence of God, you'll do some things. You talk about jumping, you'll jump, and you'll jump higher. And you'll worship better, and you'll pray better, and you'll, you know, some of you come here each Sunday morning because of the Spirit of God's moving to get in the presence of God, and that's okay, but why don't you get in the presence then come? Just a thought. Well, I'm going to pray to get in the presence of God. Why not get in then pray? It might be a little bit better for you. Well, how do I get in? You get in by faith in the blood that provided it for you. So I thank you, God, for your presence. Let's pray up a storm this morning, praise God. See, we wanted, we're still in this works mentality. And then we do works, and they're not good enough. The devil comes along and said, well, you got to do more works than that. So we do more works than that. And then the works you did weren't that good. So then you try something different. He's messing with you all the time. He's messing with your mind to try to get you to do things, praise God, to qualify. You can't qualify, praise God. You say, well, I don't deserve the presence of God. Do you want what you deserve? How many of you want it? Jesus. I'd much rather have what he wants to give me than what I deserve. See, so the power of God's already there. The presence of God is already there. When I got born again, I didn't know anything about the presence of God. I just knew the day that I got born again in a Catholic confessional when I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ that something was there. I mean, my hair stood up. I couldn't put it down. I could have waxed it or whatever you do to your hair. It wasn't going to stay down. Do you understand? There was a presence of God upon my life, and it stayed on my life unless I did something goofy. You know, once I did something goofy, there was someone there telling me all about my mistake. I mean, that wasn't God. See? And what happened then? I was on fire for like three, four weeks. I was reading the Bible. I was doing everything. And once I got up one morning, and God wasn't there anymore. I, I didn't feel his presence. He felt like he was... Often maybe he took a trip to Europe or a boat ride someplace, but he wasn't in my bedroom anymore. He wasn't there anymore. So I went to the leaders of the church. They got all the wisdom, you know. I'll tell you, if you come to me with a question and you want an answer and I don't have it, I'm not going to give you one. I'm not going to make up something just so you think I'm spiritual. Are you following me? These people just said, well, praise God, that's the way it is. Sometimes God's with you and sometimes God's not with you. And you must have did something terribly wrong and God's mad at you and never going to come back. So you repent and I repented. And I started thinking of everything I did wrong over 35 years. How many know that takes a while? <laughs> Dear Jesus, are you kidding me? Every time I got drunk, we ain't got enough time, Lord. You said eternity, but we're never going to get done before eternity comes at this point. So I go to the next person. They said, don't worry about it. All things work together for good. I said, this ain't good. I ain't got any presence of God in my So the well, next morning I got up and prayed, dead. Next morning I got up and prayed. I think this is even in the book. Next morning I got up and prayed. Finally I got up and, and said, what the heck's going on? And God said, uh, didn't I tell you that I'd never leave you nor forsake you? And I said, yeah, but I don't feel anything. He said, oh, oh, well, excuse me. I wrote, I will never let you not feel me or forsake me. I said, well, that's not in the Bible. He said, you're right. 
See what happened? There comes a time in your life when you're going to have to get out of the feely mealy realm, and you're going to have to get on the Word of God. You have to do that when sickness hits your body. You're going to have to do that when troubles come. You're going to have to get on the Word of God and stay on the Word of God because the Word of God is the final authority. And as long as you make it that, you're going to get the result of the Word of God. If you get off the Word of God into the natural, you're just going to fuel that natural realm. And it's going to get bigger. Your sickness will get worse. Your finances will get more terrible. All those things. Because you are the one where you put the covenant of the word in your mouth and the spirit of God upon you in order to do the things that need to be done. Are you following me? So, so I wanted to walk in his presence. I want to live in his presence. I want to do that. So that day forward, I'd go into my prayer room and I'd say, I don't feel a thing this morning, but I don't care. You said you never leave me nor forsake me. You said if I pray in line with your will, then my prayer is as good as answered. So that's what we're going to do this morning, whether I feel anything or don't feel anything. And guess what happened? Feelings came back again. See, we want the feelings first, don't we? Yeah, Lord, you touch me and shake me and get all over me. Then I'll say, ah, the presence of God. But you've got to go by this book here. This book here tells you what God has already said. It tells you what God wants to do. Basically, I was in religion. Religion all my life after I got born again was my search for God. And then I studied the kingdom and found out it wasn't a search for God. God already came down and got me. Somebody wrote a book, God Chasers. How I many know that was a good book, but a better book would be People Chasers? Because God's chasing everybody. How I many know that next door neighbor who you can't stand? That, that person out there sinning, God chasing them down, brother. He's after them right now. He don't care what they've done, what they haven't done. He wants them in the kingdom. He wants them. And God redeemed you and restored you because he wanted the gift that he put in you. See, there's gifts in you he needs, so he's got to get you back in the kingdom so you'll use them. I mean, a lot of people have gifts that they're misusing for the world rather than for God. Ding a little bit of money in somebody, and all at once they're ready to leave the church and go and sing whatever they want to sing and all that. It doesn't work that way. God gave you a gift on the inside of you. He needs those gifts in this day and hour, so he restored you back to the kingdom of God in order to do that, praise God. How many of you notice when you read early in the Bible that after Adam was created, God never said, now, now worship and praise to get in my presence? Holler and scream to get in my presence. He never said that because he was born in his presence. He was just telling him what to do because he was in, not to get in. There's a big difference between the two. How many of you tried to get saved for years before you got saved? Same thing, ain't it? Well, I don't know. I've been going to church now forever, and God ain't done a thing for me. Yeah, he already did the thing for you. The problem is you ain't receiving it because you're ignorant of what he already did for you. The Bible says he's already reconciled the world unto himself. Now he says, would you please be reconciled to me? So it's, it's our move, isn't it? It's our move just to believe what he said he was already going to do. And when we do that, praise God, we do something by walking in what they call faith. Say faith. faith. And how many know the Bible says the Holy Ghost is going to come on the inside of you and he's going to live in you for how long? Forever. Forever, praise God. He's always there. The Spirit of God is always with you. How many know you can leave church today and forget about the Spirit of God? How many know you can leave church today and act like he's not there? Talk like he's not there. Do everything like he's not there. But let me tell you what, he's there. See, we play basketball now, and there's a church down in, in Palm City where we're playing. I think it's a Seventh-day Adventist church or something like that. But we go to that church and play, and the same guys I play with in the park, whose mouths just run wild. You know, they're young kids, and we hear every word and some new words I didn't even know I've learned, praise God, since I've been there. But when we get in the church, they can't do that. They try not to do that. You know why? Because they're in the church. They're in the church building. And we can't cuss in the church building. And I always say, why? It's a church building. Yeah, but why? Because it's a church building. I said, oh. I said, what's the difference? You think God can't hear through the... <laughs> Come on. 
I mean, and, but that's the way people think, isn't it? So walk into the church and, and some, no, yep, go there. Some Christians act that way. They just kick their dog, slap their wife, beat their kids, walk in the back door of a church and blessed. So blessed God's been over me all day long. Praise God, you're still worshiping and a praising and you leave and then you kick your dog again. and do it. See, it's not that way. It's, it's not God's only in here. Do you understand? He's not waiting when you walk in, you're one thing and you're not the other. No, he lives on the inside of you all day long. I mean, if people really believe this, they wouldn't make as many mistakes. It'd be very hard to commit adultery when God's on the inside of you. I don't care how good they looked. Come on. Dear Lord Jesus, help me someplace. Praise God. Why? Because the Spirit of God is on the inside of each and every one of us. Praise God. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 10. All right, Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 19. It says it right here. It says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by who? The blood of what? Jesus. So notice, your entrance into the holiest of holies doesn't come by your works. It comes by the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the What can make me whole again? Nothing but the so see, it's by the blood. It's by your salvation is by the blood. Your healing is by the blood. Your victory is by the blood. It's not by what you do or what you don't do. And if you have faith in the blood, you'll activate things in your life to do that. Your worship will become actual worship. You know, it talks in the Bible about people giving lip service. How many know you can do that? Come in here in the morning and you're tired and whatever and blah, 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 blah. Jesus, you're so wonderful, great. Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Or if you know it, praise God, and you know you're in the presence of God, you won't be able to do that. Praise you get a little bit excited. And you see people getting excited up here and stuff like that. They're not doing that because we need a dance show up here. They're doing that because they understand the spirit of God, and the anointing of God, and what Jesus actually did for them. You, you get a lottery ticket, you win 200 bucks, you tell the whole world you got born again through Jesus, you never told one person in your life. That was a little hard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I won $200 in the lottery. Tell the world. Put it in the paper. Yeah, Jesus saved me. Kept me out of hell. Delivered me. Yeah. Heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, he's a wonderful God. See, it's not that way. When it becomes a realization to you of what he's done for you, praise God. Once you were lost, but now you're found. He took you out of the miry clay. Hallelujah. He put you upon a rock to stay. Glory to God. And hopefully put a new song in your mouth. Praise God. One of glory and power and might rather than a... Yeah. Yeah, when it becomes real. Praise God. Something will be different. So it's by the blood of Jesus. Say the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to explain to some of you what's been happening in here lately so that you understand... There's two moves when the Holy Ghost actually really starts moving strong. One is a move upon his people, and another is moving people out. Well, that's not by the Holy Ghost, praise God. All right, Acts chapter 3. Put a little mark by these, you're going to need them. 
Look at verse 19. Repent ye therefore, change your dumb way of thinking, in other words, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So we have the presence of the Lord's here, the anointing here, the power here. How many of you know that some of you have been refreshed? At one time you were freshed, but then you lost your freshness. Now you need to be refreshed. Come on, you know what I mean. Sometimes you lost all fresh. So you need a refresh. So what does God do? He refreshes you, praise God. Hallelujah. He knows that you need a refresh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Exodus 33. All right, Exodus, are you there? Old Testament, chapter 33, look at verse 14. And God said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give you what? Rest. rest. Say rest. rest. If you look up this word, it's actually rest or peace. Um, even though when people get touched by the power of God in here, they're restful, and they're very peaceful. Praise God. Very rest. Why? Because it came from what? It came from the presence of who? The Lord. The Lord. Praise God. All right, one more. Go to Psalm 16. This will explain why you think some people are crazy. Psalm 16. Are you there? Look at verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is what? Is what? Is what? Well, I don't understand why those people are on the floor laughing like that. I just don't get it, man. I just don't understand a thing. They're laughing at nothing. Nobody even told a stand-up joke or nothing, praise God. Because well, in His presence there is fullness of joy. See, it's all in the Bible. The problem is we haven't gone beyond the natural realm to get off into what God does and what He wants to do. So our minds limit what we believe in and what we want. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the presence of God, notice, it is a good thing. It brings you peace. Joy refreshes you. Joy of the Lord comes out of the inside of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to James chapter 4. As you become mindful and practice the presence of God, you're going to find out that more and more times the presence of God will come on you when you're not even thinking about it. It'll just come from someplace. And you don't even know, basically, you're not doing anything. You know what I mean? You're not chopping wood. You're not praying in the Holy Ghost. You're not doing this. All at once, you get goosebumps, and you're driving down the road, and you don't really know what's going on. And God just says, hey, hey, boy. How you doing? I'm still here. I want to have a little chat with you. Can I have a little chat with you today? Because that's what happens once you start practicing and understand it. He comes at times. Before that, you, you limit the times. You can touch me in church. You've got 1030 to 1215. <laughs> nope, 1216, you're out today. Praise God. No. no, praise God. But during your daily life, he wants to be a daily God to you, a daily presence to you, a daily person to thee. All right, James chapter 4. Look at verse 8. 
I've got to read Galatians, but that ain't going to work out very good with my notes. All right, James chapter 4, look at verse 8. It says, draw nigh to, and he will draw nigh to. Now there it is, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to. Now how can I draw nigh to a God who's already on the inside of me? How much nigher can he get than he's already on the inside of me? He's about as nigher as he can get. Are you following me? So I'm going to draw nigh to God. He must be talking about my thought life. He must be talking about what I'm thinking, what I'm believing, what I'm doing. So as I draw to him, notice it's your move, say my move. As I draw nigh to him, his presence, faith in the spirit of God that's on the inside of me, faith that the power that's on the inside of me, faith of his presence on the inside of me, then he can draw near to me. So once again, it starts with that word faith. Say faith. faith. I mean, no, believing what God has said is what triggers the Spirit of God in your life. That's why we need to put the word in our mouth and the Spirit upon us will operate in our life. So that tells you why some people live completely outside the presence of God, even though they're born again. And that's because of things like offense, unforgiveness. See, when you get offense and unforgiveness, it sucks up your thought life. It's just in there all the time. You can't get over it. You can't do it. That's why alcoholism. That's why drugs. What are they after? They're after your mind. They're after your soul. All these things. Pornography, the same way. What's it do? It comes after your mind. You can't think about all them things and think about God. So those are the things we stay away from. Those are the way we deliver. Even when you deliver somebody, they need to get their mind on something other than what it was on before, or they end up right back in the situation that they were, praise God. The Bible says in three different places that you can be filled with all the fullness of God. How many know that's a good place to be? Living in the anointing of God. Praise God. All right. One more. Psalm 139. You don't even have to go there. I got a different version I want to read to you. It's the living version instead, but you can go there if you want to. Psalm 139. Are you ready? It says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down, you know when I stand up, you know my thoughts, you see me when I travel. And you see me when I'm resting at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing upon my head. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you will be there. Even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you because you are the light that shines in the darkness. You knit me together in my mother's womb before I was even born. You have made me wonderful and marvelous. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life is recorded in your book. Your thoughts about me cannot even be numbered, they are so many. So search my heart and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anywhere in me that offends you. Lead me in the path of peace and kingdom living in this life now and forevermore. Hallelujah. How I many you know that's a good word right there? Praise God. Hallelujah. So there's an opportunity for you to live in the presence of God. We want to bless you with the presence of God when you're in this church. And we'll do that from time to time. We'll do it whenever the Holy Ghost wants to do it. Whenever he wants to do something, that's what we'll do. But notice, it's not just for a treatment. It's for you to carry that presence out, practice the presence of God, take it out, and then you'll start hearing his voice even more. How many know his voice can get louder on the inside of you or softer on the inside of you? And you'll be more effective in what he's called you to do and what he has created for you to do. All right, let me just pray for you first of all. Can I do that? Father, I thank you for your spirit of God. Holy Ghost, I just release you out of the inside of every single person here right now. I thank you that you become more real to them, even if it deals with feelings. Even if you've got to get them feelings at first, Holy Ghost, just... 
goosebump them silly or whatever you need to do, praise God, to get them to come to a place where they understand your presence and power is on the inside of them. I pray they, be, they become your best friend, Holy Ghost, as you reveal the scriptures to them and give them divine revelation in your life. I thank you for what you're doing in their hearts even this morning for the thought life they're changing in their lives. I thank you that this will be exciting to them this morning and make them more hungry for your presence and the things of God in their life. And I thank you, Holy Ghost, as you go with them today to continue to do what was preached here this morning. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay. the key.